Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam and Eva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. How you doing, buddy? Good evening. Yeah, it's great, man. There's just a lot of news going on in the sports world today, especially in the football, retirement, all kinds yeah. of things. So, yeah, definitely a lot to talk about. Tons of stuff to talk about. But, you know, before I get to that, I just got to ask you this question. Did you see um, that Kevin James is going to play Saints coach Sean Payton in the new Netflix movie called Home Team? Did you hear about this? Yeah, you know what? I was just watching, like, a little clip of New Orleans. It was, like, a New Orleans local news clip about it showing Kevin James. And at first, you know, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was weird thrown off. But I'll tell you, I'm intrigued for one simple reason. Um, okay. Adam Sandler and the ha- Happy Gilmore Productions, which, is, you know, you followed Happy Gilmore. Of course. Um, of course. Um, uh, Billy Madison. And then one of my yeah. favorites is Grandma's Boy. Um, oh, but winner. Just, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's one of my favorite films. But I think what's happened since then is kind of fallen off a little bit. So it's a little bit of more serious movie with, you know, a little bit of stick in it, I hear. So I'll give okay. it the benefit of doubt. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not uh, not something I'm going to mark on oh, my calendar. But, yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> check it out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to be on Netflix. It's be on Netflix. So, I mean, yeah. as everything on Netflix, I have a very low bar from watching Netflix shows. I don't know about you, but right, basically, if <laughs> exactly. If I if I happen to be a little bit bored and it happens to be on my screen, I, I, there's like a better than ninety percent chance I can hit play. So right. chances are, home team will be one of those things. Apparently, if anybody, if no one knows, it's about uh, Sean Payton when he was suspended in 2012 and he had to coach his son's fifth grade football team. Sounds actually like a movie that Adam Sandler should be in. So right. it'll be interesting right. to see how it all goes. That'd be fun if he actually made a made a uh, made a guest appearance. Maybe as uh, Sean Payton's son, that'd be fun. <laughs> anyway, so I think one thing that Hollywood has proven is that you can make a movie about anything. So here we go. Anyway, enough of that. We got lots of football to talk about. As uh, Adam just mentioned, we got um, Julian Edelman's retirement. Although we're going to kick that off to the end of the show because surprise, surprise, Ryan Whitfield, my old co-host. Who, uh, and also, obviously, one of the one of the original uh, writers for Football Garbage Time is is going to return today, theoretically, to talk about his beloved past and Julian Edelman. We know he has a big man crush on him, so we wait to hear from him at the end. So we'll talk about his retirement at the end of the show. But we're going to talk about the state of affairs with Deshaun Watson, NFL draft targets, and trade rumors surrounding the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're going to talk about our DIR DIR prospect of the week. And much more. So let's get to rolling. Gosh, I really want to talk about Julian Edelman, but you know, I, I said I would respect <laughs> the fact that Ryan was coming back. So okay, let's start with Deshaun Watson instead, because Watson now has more than twenty filed lawsuits against him for uh, sexual misconduct, two of which are not anonymous. One of those was by Ashley Solis, who held held a uh, press conference last week and said that Watson has caused her to suffer from depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. 
Several corporate sponsors, including Nike and Beats by Dre, terminated or suspended their relationship with Watson in the wake of Solis' public comments. And NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy called the allegations, quote, deeply disturbing and said the league is investigating Watson for violation of its personal conduct policy. As for the Texans, they recently removed all images and video of Watson from their weekly web series entitled Texans 360. So he no longer appears in any of the intro uh, as of the episode released this past weekend. And general manager Nick Casario still says adamantly that the Texans won't deal him, but might be uh, a can't deal him rather than a won't deal him right. situation now. It's really unclear. So, Adam, what are your thoughts on the Watson situation and where do you think the Texans will deal with him? And, um, and which teams might be willing to take on this PR issue or, or might even be a good landing spot for Watson? Well, you know, the, the latest that we, we've heard about – with, I guess, the Texas ruling that uh, I think, what, two of them have to come out and um, yeah. come out if they want to go forward, I think, and name who they are so he's able to defend himself. I, I'm right. not actually sure I haven't read up on all that. But what I do know is I've been saying it for a while when I first started hearing about it. You know, there's definitely been some weird things about the story. And I always thought, you know, don't stand behind your lawyer, you know, come out and really, you know, because he wanted to trade, you know, come out and talk and say what happened because we're finding mm-hmm. out saying he got extorted. So they're saying the Solace tried to go for $100,000, this and that. But the bottom line is, like you said, the sponsors are dropping them. Uh, the team is taking them off all likeness off it. So the, unfortunately what's happened is he's guilty in the pub, you know, court of public opinion right now. Yeah, you know, he waited. Right. He really still hasn't said anything. He put a tweet out, which I think if you're going to bother to do a tweet out that, like he did, that you know, he didn't do anything wrong, whatever, I think you might as well just go out and speak about it. So I think that's where he really hurt himself. He's, you know, he's a young man, and I can understand it, but I think he's hurt himself. It's just gone on too long. There is a lot of inconsistencies, and the thing is, with no criminal charges, he doesn't have to be found guilty of anything, really. He could basically be out of the league in a year or two if this just continues on this pace. So, you know, mm-hmm. I hate to see this without, you know, someone getting their day in court. Um, but it sounds like there's not going to be a day in court that this, this, you know, more on the civil side. So I don't think it's, you know, a lot of stuff's probably going to be done behind closed doors. And I don't think that's really good for the Texans. And I think as far as trade value goes, I think teams are just going to stay away and wait till the dust settles. And that could be a year. So right, we right. saw that with various cases that were definitely not as complex as this one. So I think there's no team that's really going to get involved. And I think the Texans, you know, they got Tyrod Taylor, you know, they made the trade for the, you know, the backup at Cincinnati. I think they'll, they'll probably select someone at some point in the draft and, you know, probably, you know, forget about Watson for the 2021 season. That's, that's just my prediction career. Wow. No, but I think, you know, this season, I think it's going to take at least this season to get things sorted out. Yeah, do you think it's possible to deal him even with all this hanging over his head, or do you think the team is just going to say, you know what, we've got to wait and see before we take this on? Honestly, I question if the NFL would even approve the trade. I know that oh. it's more about the you know the players union and making sure you know numbers are you know respectable and in line with the position. But I mm-hmm. wonder in this situation, I don't think we haven't seen too many players actually get traded during an actual case or something going on. So I just right. think everything will be you know on standby and frozen for a while. I think the whole trade thing went out the window when we the numbers went from one person to what fifteen to twenty something now. Yeah, so I think it's right. a whole pattern on that whole thing yep right right so let's put that aside all for a minute and just say you know if he i mean i, I don't even know what teams would be in on this at this point i mean right. I, i'm pretty sure the bears are not in on it anymore i mean i just unfortunately they seem committed to andy dalton so you know you gotta let them make their own mistakes you gotta let them learn from their own mistakes but i mean what what teams are even in on him or what teams do you think would even benefit 
from Deshaun Watson, assuming that he comes out from under this unscathed? Well, before the Sam Darnold trade, I think it was definitely Carolina. It was Carolina than everybody else. But I don't think that precludes him from it, but I I think it takes him out. And to me, it's Denver. Denver right now is the top team that's Mm. looking for a quarterback one way or another. I don't see Elway taking a chance on that, but if there was going to be anyone, I, I would say Denver. Right, right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Drew Locke obviously didn't really have an opportunity to prove himself last year due to injuries and so on, but he still didn't look that great even when he was healthy. So certainly getting a, a veteran quarterback back there, somebody who's proven would be helpful for them because they have all the other pieces. I mean, they really have all the other pieces right. ready to go there in Denver. Okay, so let's go ahead and turn on to um, – and again, I'm going to keep saying this. I really want to talk about Julian Edelman because it's just like the big news. Um, <laughs> But darn, darn Ryan, just totally just uh, messing up our flow here. So let's go on to the next thing here. And this is a big rumor from Michael Lombardi of The Athletic and The Daily Coach that the Washington football team loves Trey Lance and that they want right. to be and – and actually might be willing to sell out to get him in the NFL draft. Adam, you know the Washington football team better than almost yeah. anyone. So tell us, any thoughts on that rumor and does it make any sense from Washington? Man, you know, the fans are the fans are really buying this hook, line, and sinker. I, I think everyone forgets it's, called, it's smoke screen season this time of year. For whatever <laughs> it reason, is. it's not necessarily the team that's putting out. It could be agents. There's just a lot of stuff that goes on to, you know, bring people's value up. Of course they like Lance. Of course half of the NFL probably likes Whiskey. He's a dynamic player. But I think, right. that, you know, if you just want to get out the trade chart and just look at the points you're talking about, from 19 where Washington is to go all the way up to presume, and I think that if – we're believing what's true is San Francisco is getting Mac Jones and it's, you know, Lance at four to Atlanta. So Atlanta's going to get a ton of picks, probably the biggest trade haul we've seen in the last decade at least. So I don't right. see Rivera also made a point of saying that he's also not going to mortgage their future for it. So I think when, you know, it's, it, it's about being, you know, seeing how the board falls, because of course they're going to say that, but you know, there could be scouts saying, well, let's see if he falls to 12. Okay. So if we're right, from right. 19 to 12, they could do all that and it'll be relative. They wouldn't give up a haul. But from what their standpoint is right now, where Atlanta is looking, like I said, Denver to me is the front runner. But if you're looking at Washington, you're looking at swapping first-round picks this year. And you're looking at multiple first-round picks next year and the following year. But the thing is, teams don't want to compound picks two, three years from now. They'll take one next year, but then they want to get some returns. So you're talking about second, third this year, second, third next year. So you're talking about two, three first, two, three seconds, three thirds. I don't see Rivera doing that, and I really don't see any team doing it. Because Lance, although he's dynamic, you know, one year. One year right. of talent on, 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 the, on the lower level game, which I still respect that. But the thing is, if you're talking about someone within the top five in that, you've got to look at yep. the prospects around him. And, you know, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I think teams are going to actually be trying to move up for Pitts because Pitts is a generational yeah. talent this year, like we were talking about Chase Young. So I think, yep. you know, when you get into Lance, you're talking about third, fourth quarterback. I just don't see a team mortgaging the future for a third, fourth-rated higher quarterback in the draft. I just, it doesn't make sense. All right, everybody, put the little breaks on then on that one. Maybe we should think about that a little bit more. And since we're talking about Kyle Pitts, there is a report by Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports that Jerry Jones wants to make a splash in the NFL draft, and he's infatuated with Kyle Pitts. But honestly, Adam, who isn't infatuated with Kyle right. Pitts at this point? I think we all are. But the Dallas Cowboys right. have the 10th pick which probably be too late for Pitts. So they'll have to move up uh, at least to pick five or six, I think, if they want to have a reasonable shot. So, Adam, what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts to the Cowboys? Does it make sense? And if so, should the Cowboys pay up to move up in the draft and go get him? 
you know, in, in the hypothetical situation, if he somehow slipped to them, which I don't see that, yeah, of course, I'd say, you know, they're going to grab him just like how C.D. Lamb fell in their lap. But the yeah. simple fact is they're stacked on offense, and the majority of their money is on offense. And I think mm-hmm. that although it's Jerry Jones, I think they're still going to understand that, you know, getting a top edge rusher in this draft, you know, to put along with what they have, because they've got a lot of speed. But, so you know, you're, you're the Washington rival. You're seeing what they're building with you know, Chase Young, Sweat, and that whole defensive line with the Alabama guys and everybody there. So, could he pay for Michigan? To me, it, it's kind of, you know, generic now. A lot of, you know, analysts and scouts are saying it, but I think if they don't do that, I'm shocked. So, to me, it's either him or it's Sertain, you know, Sertain Jr., um, the cornerback from Alabama. But I don't yep. see them moving up to get more offense. It's just think about how the money it's – just, it's just too much. But, again, it's Jerry Jones, so anything can happen. I just think, again, it's more, sm- it's more smoke this time of year. And I actually have Dallas, a team, to, you know, don't be surprised if they look to trade back because with, with that, much, that many issues in their salary cap that's on the horizon this year and, you know, going forward, they're going you know, to have to build that roster. And, you know, the way you do it is, you know, with draft picks that, you know, cost minimal, you know, against their cap, so – yeah, well, they just did pay for Jack, Dak Prescott's uh, four-year contract, $160 million. So, um, you know, maybe he just wants to make sure he succeeds. I mean, everybody loves Kyle Pitts, but you're right. It just seemed like a lot to mortgage at this point with respect to the offense. They got a lot of other things to work on. So let's go on to the next rumor. And this one is a rumor slash report. It was noted that Bruce Arians, quote, wouldn't be against taking – a quarterback in the draft. Now, Tom Brady just won them a Super Bowl. We all know that. This, and he's back this year. But he isn't getting any young. So this could not make sense. Hello, my man. Have ever become a long-term starter. So, Adam, what do you think? Does it make sense for Tampa Bay to draft a quarterback this year's uh, NFL draft? And if so, who might they target? Yeah, to me, I definitely think that they're going to target a quarterback. The question is how early they're going to do it. First round, you know, I think that's extremely unlikely. But, you know, the name that just keeps making the rounds is this kid Davis Mills from Stanford. You know, he came out as one of the most highly recruited high school quarterbacks in the nation. You know, had his pro day, you know, had a blazing 40s. I think it was four in the 4-5 range, 4-6 range. Um, but he also had some knee injuries. So I think that if he's available in that second-round range for them, I could definitely see Tampa Bay, you know, invest in some. You know, there's a couple other guys in this class, but to me, you know, putting a guy like him behind Tom Brady for a year or two, I definitely see them, you know, investing in a high upside quarterback in the draft because you have Tom Brady there. You know, what better guy to mentor mentor than uh, Brady? You know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it certainly is. It's interesting too because you know uh, they don't really want to. I mean, they certainly it's a good idea to get somebody to be under Tom Brady, but ha- that didn't really work for for uh, New England. <laughs> I mean, they they, right. they everyone kept talking about having Tom Brady there as a mentor, and it's you know there's some thought about the fact that he didn't like the competition so much. I mean, a part of the reason why Jimmy G got traded might have been rooted in some of that competition. Who knows? I'm not saying that, uh, obviously, we can't knock Tom Brady. He's won a Super Bowl with another team. So, clearly, it was him. It wasn't just the system. But um, right. it's uh, questionable. Who knows? If we don't want to break that, t- that dynamic, that team dynamic, and they won a Super Bowl with him the way he is. Not sure bringing in another guy is going to make that any better. But if it's a, low, if it's a lower pick, um, yeah, right. sure, why not? Certainly, certainly makes a lot of sense. All right. We're going to go to this early because, you know, I want to make sure we get it in. And we all know that Ryan likes to keep on going about his Patriots when he gets on the line. So let's go ahead and hit that intro and get to that right now because I don't want anybody to miss this. This might be the most important thing we talk about, the DIR prospect of the week. All right, Adam, what do you got for us? 
Uh, yeah, we, we have an interesting prospect. I'm actually going to have a player card dropping on him at, on my small school prospect section. Uh, Franklin Max McCain III. Um, interesting prospect. Before I get into his accolades, really cool mm-hmm. story. Um, his yep. grandfather uh, was actually part of uh, – let me just look. I'm, I'm putting them up as we're speaking. Uh, it, was, <laughs> uh, the, it was called the, Wool, the no, famous 1960 Woolworth lunch counter sit-in protest. Uh, that huh. was credited with the you know the modern day civil rights movement. Uh, the foursome nicknamed the Greensboro Four uh, was enshrined uh, actually in the Smithsonian, all around Washington D.C. and other um, um, uh, historical museums around the country. Um, but wow. what I like about this kid, you know, we'll we'll get into the the talent of him. You know, you're talking about a six foot pros. Uh, he actually went to the NC State Pro Day because everyone knows, you know, small school level NC A and T. Um, he was there's not many pro scouts there, so he went there put up a four four five forty, um, and actually really impressed a lot of the scouts in attendance. Um, there was some questions early on in his career with some durability. He had some knee issues, um, but he opted out in 2020. But for the 2018-2019 season, he had eight interceptions. Half of those were returned for touchdowns, and actually two of them were 100-yard touchdowns apiece. So wow. the kid's a playmaker. You know, the were you know most evaluators I always you know cross reference with the draft network. They have him in that you know six round range. More because, like I said, some of the durability issues, but that long-rangey press corner, you know, you're looking to play some bail. Um, he's that guy that you can really develop in, you know, that fourth cornerback role with a lot of upside. So, again, Franklin, Max McCain, uh, North Carolina A&T, you know, really, from what I understand, I've, I've heard a lot of coaches, a lot of people that have played around him that he's got a good head on his shoulders and, you know, definitely, you know, a great developmental prospect to look for, you know, coming out on my uh, draft prospect card coming out soon. Excellent. And I love those draft prospect cards. They're so informational and they're terrific. Everyone should definitely check that out at the burgundy and gold report.com. And uh, like I always say, it's for draft fans and the draft is coming up. We're really just outside of two weeks away. So it's going to be really exciting. And I will also promo this now because um, you know, I just want to make sure I don't miss it at the end of the show, but I'm going to promo the fact that the seventh annual football garbage time, Twitter NFL mock draft, is here. We're going to be starting today. Adam will be taking part of this. That's right. As he did last year, we'll be tweeting out mock draft picks for the first two rounds of the NFL draft, along with our friends across the industry, including Wole Kinzo from the urban sports scene, Dan Thury and Chris Hopper from the beer field fantasy football podcast. All of us on football garbage time is including, of course, Adam, who I said uh, earlier here is an honorary member as well as being the founder <laughs> of the burgundy and gold report. Um, and we have even the return of Ryan, pick for days at an end and not make picks so that will just be really slow but like i said before <laughs> retired from sports journalism he'll be back because he couldn't resist trash talking us all on twitter and who wants to miss ryan trash talking us all on twitter tune in it starts right after the show you can follow it at hashtag fgt mock draft again hashtag fgt football garbage time fgt mock draft all right so before we get to edelman i wanted to cover this one last thing because there's been a lot of chatter about quarterbacks and the draft. And we talk a lot about that today as well. But, you know, what do you think? Is this the year that we see five quarterbacks go in the first five picks of the NFL draft? Is that possible? And do you think that makes sense? Um, But not five in a row. And I think what shakes that up is, you know, what we saw Kyle Pitts do. Because I think you'll see, you know, somebody will probably come up to number four in Atlanta. But that next pick at five, I'd, I'd be really shocked if, you know, you're talking about Cincinnati, you know, there's a the connection there 
with Burrow and his old receiver. But I think if it's not Cincinnati, it, it, it's Miami at number six. So I think more likely scenario is if Denver fails to go up there and somebody tries to trade up. Detroit sounds like, you know, the, the most logical pick at seven. So I still think you, you could see five quarterbacks in the top seven, which is crazy. And at the back end of the first round, don't surprise if you see another one or two. So I'm thinking at the end we're going to see seven potential guys going the first round. Cause I think we mentioned a guy Whoa. like David Mill, Davis Mills. Um, you know, people are really getting a lot higher than I am on Kellen Mond. But what you have to understand is that, you know, it's a checks and balances thing. With that fifth-year option, teams are willing to, you know, give up that third, give up that second-round pick just to move in the back end of the first round. Because the salary is not that crazy, but you get that fifth-year option with a quarterback. So that's something that's highly coveted. So even though I think quarterbacks are being, a lot, you know, brought up a lot higher than they should be, particularly we're going to see with Mac Jones and Fields in this draft, I think, that, like I said, in the end, I have six to seven that are going to go total in the top in the first round. So it, it's going to be a wild draft. And I think, like you said, not just quarterbacks. You're going to see teams trying to trade up for those receivers, you know, those freak linebackers yeah. they have in this class, you know, with Parsons. So I think we're going to see the trades are just beginning. We're going to see some pre-draft trades. And I think on the night of, look for prospects, you know, trades that are actually going to be happening with players getting involved in deals because I think teams are going to be looking to shed salaries. Going into next year, they're going to be looking at stockpile picks. So this is going to be, to me, a guy that, you know, it's Christmas for me during this time of year, but I really think yeah. it's going to live up to the hype as one of the better, you know, most interesting drafts of the decade for sure. Oh, I love it. I can't wait. To, I can't wait for it. I can't tell you how much I can't wait for it. I, mean, I, I love this. And, you, you know, it's interesting to me because the league has truly evolved into this kind of quarterback for wide receiver set type of uh, offense. And, quarterbacks are just more important than ever and you can tell and, and I think this is a symptom of that people are really going to reach for those quarterbacks that they really need to get that guy you, you solidify that you're just not winning you're just not winning any games and you're just not going to be able to win I mean just Tom Brady kind of makes the point you know you, you slot him in and all of a sudden <laughs> Tampa Bay wins a wins a Super Bowl um, anyway so that's basically what we got on that, and that gets us to the last topic of the day, which of course is our favorite topic—the one I've been talking about. I've been putting off all this time because we're waiting for Ryan Whitfield to join us. Ryan is finally on the line. Ryan, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, boys. It's been, uh, hey. been a long time. It's weird being on this side of it. <laughs> I know, I know. But one thing we were we were happy about was that we predicted that you'd be a little late, and we were right on time. Perfect timing, Ryan. We love it. This is, uh, predictability is great, <laughs> and I'm glad that <laughs> it's, it's, Julian it's certainly my mo. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you notice I said I, I invited you to come back on the show. I got nothing but crickets, and then Julian Edelman was hired, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be on." I am. <laughs> and you know well, what's really to, great to about? Be fair, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm I'm so far out of the sports game. I'm really like I'm like, I'm like the guy in retirement. I've just removed myself from it so much. <laughs> I, checked, I, I went I went from living on Twitter all right. day long to checking Twitter maybe once or twice a day. And honestly, I was, good I was logging on <laughs> I was logging on to see uh, you know more uh, more opinions on the Taylor Hall trade for the Bruins than I was even <laughs> football. And I saw your message and I was like, ah, sure, I'll jump oh, on. Sure, so, why not? Uh, <laughs> well, well, I hope you know, Ryan, that I called Julian Edelman and I said, listen, you got to retire so we can get Ryan back on the show. It works. It totally works. So I'll, I'll tell, I'll give Julian a call afterwards. Tell him thanks, thanks very much. I owe him a, a burger next time I'm up in Boston. <laughs> and so anyway, hey everybody. 
This is what we're going to talk about really quick. Julian Edelman's contract was canceled by the New England Patriots due to a failed physical. Uh, no, not really. I mean, it did happen, but it was just the paperwork necessary for Edelman to retire after 12 years with the Patriots. Edelman ends his career at the Pats with 6,822 receiving yards, 620 receptions, 36 touchdowns, catching 65.9% of his targets. Interestingly, Edelman never made the Pro Bowl, which is more a knock on the Pro Bowl than on Edelman, but he landed in the NFL Top 100 four times, 2015, 16, 17, and 19. Of course, he also won the Super Bowl MVP in 2018. And importantly, Edelman also was ranked second in postseason receiving yards among all receivers ever in the NFL. All right, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Edelman's career, and how does this impact the Patriots moving forward? I'll work in reverse, in reverse order. I'll save my, okay. uh, my Edelman soliloquy uh, for, <laughs> for after I get to what it changes, because I've seen this a lot today. Um, it's been really interesting, uh, both from the local and national perspective. So the, the local narrative, particularly among fans, last year was like, well, you know, Edelman's hurt, and then they'll, they'll get all these COVID players back. And, right. you know, the guys that all opted out for COVID for the Pats last year were guys who had won multiple Super Bowls and who were all on the wrong side of 30. Like, Donta Hightower hasn't even announced he's coming back yet. Like, that's not yeah. what talked about. Like, the, people were just slotting him in. They, you know, Patrick Chung retired. They, they traded Marcus Cannon. Like, those guys, that group was never coming back. They're too old. Right. They're a year off. Edelman was hurt all last year. Edelman's body was, was, was bound to break down. You can't play the way he plays for as long as he played. Uh, all those extra games, because when you do really factor in that he played almost an entire extra season. Not, he played 12 years, but he played 19 playoff games. That, yeah. That's an entire extra season of, of football on him. Um, and he played in a million miles an hour. So, I mean, how does it affect the Patriots if – you know, I saw some national people today being like, well, now the Patriots receiver room was really in trouble. Now, I think people are down on Kendrick Bourne the way they shouldn't be because I actually liked his progression and liked the way he played in San Fran. Uh, so I think Great. the Pats receiving group is better than it was last year. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, if you were, and if you were going into this year before this news, banking anything – on Julian Edelman being part of being a productive right. member of this offense, right, right, you, you, were, you were wrong. Like I don't right. know what you were watching. This is a 34-year-old guy who had a knee injury last year and couldn't play all year. You thought he was coming back this year. I never got that. So it doesn't really change anything for the Patriots because I assumed, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite. Oh, we had him on the show before when I back when I hosted with you, Michael Hurley from CBS. Yeah, Radio. yeah, uh, definitely. He 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 wrote a goodbye letter on on uh, uh, CBS local Boston. To Edelman back in December, like if, the people who were around here paying attention knew he was never kind of going to play a football uh, a, a down again. Um, so, anyways, it was not surprising. It was time. Sad, all of that. Um, what I will say is, uh, for the longest time, I told now on his career. Um, you asked me for the longest time who my favorite Patriot and favorite football players of all time were. Were yep. the, the easy two answers were Dion Branch and uh, Ty Law. Ty Law yep. played my position. He played the way I loved it. Deion Branch was a clutch performer, all that. It's hard for me not to say Julian Edelman at this point in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. He is, outside of Tom Brady, the single most impactful and important player of the second half of the Patriots dynasty. Uh, that 2014 Super Bowl had it gone the other way. The entire narrative about the Patriots would have been different. They would have been 3-3 three and three in the Super Bowl. Um, they, they, they probably don't go on this big, huge run they went on, you know, with, with adding the two more down the stretch here. And it would have just changed them from a team who won six in 20 years and did something no one thought was possible to, um, you know, just another good dynasty but not, not the greatest of all time in this sport. So um, 
you know, he he big big reason for why on all of it. He had the the, the go ahead touchdown against Seattle gets lost because of um, because of obviously the the the, uh, the theater and the dramatics of how that game ended. But yeah, yeah. With nails on that drive. Him and Amendola, and then he runs a great uh, in cut in out route. Uh, for, for the touchdown to go ahead, 28-24. He had the most memorable catch of the 2016 Super Bowl, and then he won the MVP in 2018. Yep. Um, and then, you know, in 2019, while the Pats' offense was non-existent, he was the only one who was still contributing. So, you know, I'll say what I've said a thousand times. People hate it, and, you know, especially uh, the demographic in the world that we were in with this podcast, I know who I'm speaking to, and it's a lot of stats, people. Um, I've, said this, <laughs> I've said this over and over again. If your argument is for Hall of Fame that you have to be, uh, you know, X amount of catches, X amount of yards, and X amount of receivers, then let's take, I mean, X amount of touchdowns, then let's take out the voting aspect. Let's just determine what those, what those parameters are. And anyone who hits it, regardless of uh, who they are, can play. Um, you know, the, the local conversation we have, because it's all about the slot receivers around here, um, Wes Walker's a more talented player, was a better wide receiver. Julian Edelman was everything Wes Walker wasn't. In the moments when, when Wes Walker shrunk, when the moment was the brightest and the most important, uh, Edelman rose in those moments. So, for me, you know, the Hall of Fame, whether or not, because it'll always come back down to stats with, with most people in that argument, not interested mm-hmm. in it. Uh, one of the most important receivers over the last 10 years across the league, and if you feel otherwise, I just disagree with you. So, uh, <laughs> as I always said on this show a thousand times, you can all have your Odell Beckhams and... Uh, your Andre Johnsons and your Calvin Johnsons, you can have you can have all your never won nothing guys. Um, I'll take a guy <laughs> who got so hit so hard in the 2014 Super Bowl against Seattle. He kept calling him St. Louis after the game, and he also got up <laughs> after that play and, and continued to run. And it was Cam Chancellor who delivered the hit. So I'll take the guy that does that um, over the guy who puts up the gaudy stats uh, weeks one through 17 any day of the week. So. Wow, look at that. That's Ryan disagreeing of our listeners. What's going on? That's so weird. I just didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I missed Joe. Shocking. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> like we're back in, the, back in the saddle again here. Uh, hey, before we, uh, before we t- tune out for the night here, Adam, any thoughts on uh, Julian Edelman? You know, I actually watched, um, it was that clip, I think it was the local news, where, you know, he was then giving his retirement, you know, speech. I thought it was really yep. cool. You know, something that really hasn't been done before, um, nothing generic. And I, and I liked it. And I, you know, you can, you, Patriots, and I live in New York, so you know how they feel about Patriots here. But, you know, <laughs> you can't hate on the guy. you got to respect, you know, coming out, you know, a versatile, you know, quarterback, receiver. I, I love these guys. You'll see all the guys I evaluate, so many of them, especially in this class, are multi, you know, multi-positional guys. And I just, you know, he totally respects him. It'll be curious to see, you know, if he'll get on the ballot. It definitely won't be a first, aim, first uh, Hall of Fame. But I'd be curious to see, you know, comparing his numbers with some of the guys that are up for it or have been and, you know, see where he ranks. But, you know, Ryan would definitely be the guy to ask about that. But great career, definitely. <laughs> well, I think postseason counts, too. And if it's postseason counts, I think he probably deserves a, a really long, hard look right. at getting into the Hall of Fame. All right. That's all we got for our show today. Let's hit the air horn on the show. Another great one. And one of Ryan, a surprise guest for the show. Amazing. I love it. You know, Ryan, we're going to make you a surprise guest more often. And, and we have, as I promoted earlier, the seventh annual Football Garbage Time Twitter NFL Mock Draft. All of us here, Adam's on it. Like I said, Wole from Urban Sports Scene, Dan and Chris from the Beerfield Fantasy Football Podcast, Ryan Whitfield making a return to this as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, folks. Hashtag FTD Mock Draft. Um, Adam, do you want to promo anything before we sign off? 
Oh, for sure. You know, we were talking about, you know, Mac McCain. That's one of my player cards coming out for small school. But, uh, you know, we actually have a really uh, cool one coming out, impactful linebacker out of North Carolina. You know, a lot of people, you know, saw him on the senior bowl, Chester Rock. We'll have that coming out. So, again, burgundyandgoldreport.com. You know, from now to the draft, you know, we're going to be kicking out cards constantly every week leading up to that. And, of course, you know, Washington articles fits there. You know, again, check us out, the burgundyandgoldreport.com. Follow on Twitter at the BNG Report. DC. Absolutely. And Ryan, thanks for jumping on with us. We're going to get you back on to a full show sometime soon. So don't think you've gotten away easy on this. All right. Just, just because I, I can't, who else do I need to get to retire to get you on the show for a full show? Do I, can I get somebody else to retire for you? And then maybe we get you on for so, a full show. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate I'm down to do a full show at some point. I will tell you uh, part of the reason I love sports besides some of the other, my freelance opportunities taken off. Um, my, my nine-and-a-half-year-old is uh, in a year-long AAU baseball program. He's playing in-town baseball, flag nice. football, and, wow. and lacrosse. So I, I am at a sports field six out of seven days out of the week right now. Oh, um, man. So, yeah, it, I, just, I just don't I, I don't have a lot of time until July. But hit me up as we get closer to training camp. Love to come on for a full-time show. Excited to very limitedly contribute to this mock draft. Because, again, <laughs> I just don't have <laughs> any bandwidth. But, uh, but it's all love as always, so looking forward to it. But, yeah, once we get towards training camp and he's done playing four sports at a time and uh, r- running my life around the state of Massachusetts, uh, I would love to be back on for a full-time episode. Well, well li- only limitedly adding to the show is kind of the, the normal. So, I mean, that's perfectly fine of us. We've dealt with that for five years, Ryan, so that's cool. We're, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, you're going to take a shot at me. You're going to keep thinking about calling these favors to get people to retire. Maybe you might maybe you'll find a quarterback for the Chicago Bears at some point. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, that hurts, man. We got Andy Dalton. What are you talking no, about? We're no, all no, set Tr- for this Trubisky, year. Trubisky worked out well. That was a good pick. <laughs> oh, we got the ginger now. We got the ginger right there. We got the red rifle. So anyway, <laughs> hey, everybody. You can follow me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. Don't forget to follow our mock draft at hashtag FGD Mock Draft. Thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, follow our mock draft on Twitter at FGD Mock Draft and enjoy your NFL week. Peace.